Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in this podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. Due to the coronavirus lockdown, the CIM Podcast is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio. Hello and welcome everybody to the latest CIM Podcast. And today we've got two guests, both from Moore Hall, which is CIM Headquarters, Gemma Butler, who's Director of Marketing, and James Delve, who's Head of PR at Moore Hall. And the reason we have these two venerated guests with us today is because of the release of the CMO50, which is a survey of, as it sounds, Chief Marketing Officers across the UK. And we're finding out a little bit about trends in the sector from them. James, Gemma, how are you today? Good, thank you. Yeah, very well. Thank you, Ben. Um, James, um, you are in charge of developing this report, which is obviously, uh, it sort of says what it is on the tin insofar as it is a survey of 50 very senior chief marketing officers in, in the UK. But can you tell me why you developed the report and how you decided who to speak to? There are three key factors that um, really drive us to produce the report. Firstly, since the first lockdown, the marketing community had to meet an incredible number of challenges head on, from developing new strategies to launching new products and services. But that has driven a real uh, microscope into the very top of the pyramid, like what is making the top CMOs better than the rest of us? You know, what decisions are they making? What's keeping them up at night? What are the challenges they're dealing with? And then we also spotted that during lockdown, there was an accelerated society's desire for meaningful change. You know, people wanted businesses to be more sustainable, to be more inclusive and to have a real purpose. So with all those things combined with, you know, the whole country coming out of lockdown and everyone looking for the top CMOs for the answers, we thought we'd produce a report which really detailed what they thought the future challenges are, the opportunities we could face and the kind of things as marketers we need to know that are important to our bosses. We talked to the likes of you know, Microsoft, IBM, L'Oreal, TUI, Santander, and charities like Save the Children, Help for Heroes, and leading marketing agencies. So we really had a broad breadth of some of the really big marketing thinkers in the sector. We also spotted that lockdown has accelerated society's desire for meaningful change, particularly creating an expectation business to be more sustainable inclusive and have a and have a true purpose that sounds like a surprisingly optimistic picture Gemma butler you know that we've gone through this very turbulent time and perhaps one would expect a more pessimistic negative picture but james is alluding to some quite big positives in there yeah and i think you know in terms of the reports that have come out and and the conversations i've certainly been having around marketing as a function during the pandemic, so over the last 18 months or so, the perception of marketing and what it does and marketing as, as a function was elevated over the pandemic. You know, this was a time when businesses turned to marketing in terms of how do we communicate when everybody is locked down, essentially? How do we engage with our customers? How, what are our propositions and how do we make our propositions something that people want during a pandemic? So some people went through complete proposition changes as we I think we have spoken about on previous podcasts and I think all of these factors how do you how do you keep your brand's reputation sound and and how do you how do you create a meaningful relationship when you can't go down the normal channels and the normal paths that you used to I think all of that put marketing on this elevated plane whereby 
businesses really started to understand what marketing could do. But more importantly, it allowed marketers to showcase their full remit of skills, which is something that our reports previously and even reports I read last week are, you know, what is the value of marketing and what does it really do? And I think this is a debate that we we have and we will always have. But ultimately, this was really positive in terms of the remit of marketing and and those that lead marketing, how they are coming at it from a more positive base than they would previously. It's interesting, isn't it? So this had a positive effect on marketers and on marketing departments. Has it had a positive effect or an equally positive effect on the brands they're representing? Yeah, we actually went and asked the CMOs that particular question and, and the response was that the vast majority of leading marketers, in fact, it was 71%, believe that the COVID-19 pandemic has had a positive impact on the perception of their brand. That's quite an amazing um, stat. And it was something, you know, that I wasn't really expected when we first asked them, but it was across the board. So it just shows that, you know, the level of trust and the level of value which marketing has been able to show over the pandemic has really affected how marketing is seen in the board and the work it can do. I mean, it sounds almost counterintuitively, this, this turbulent time we've all been through has actually served to bolster the standing of the marketing sector. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the report clearly shows that, you know, 52% of CMOs felt that, you know, that the marketing sector is actually stronger than it was five years ago. That's extraordinary. I mean, however, we are now almost going into a next phase, or we hope a sort of post-pandemic phase. And if we think back to the last 18 months, 24 months, we we had for some or all of that as marketers, a literally captive audience. Furtherment has changed somewhat. What are the challenges now we're moving out of that lockdown situation for marketers in the next two or three years, James? Yeah, so there were three challenges that really seemed to come out of the report as in keeping CMOs up at night. The um, adoption of technology, the use of data, the importance of demonstrating the value of marketing and the effect regulations and marketing's responsibility to consumers. They were the really th- the three things that really shut out, which all the CMOs had opinions on and comments on. Which of those, Gemma, do you think is likely to be the one that's going to persist keeping them awake at night? And which do you think some of them will get to grips with quickly? I mean, I think they are. We're always and it's it's no change. Adapting to changes in technology and data is always going to be one that I don't think we'll ever keep up with. So we'll continue to grapple with it. I think demonstrating the value of marketing. Um, I think it's a, we're at a really interesting sort of point whereby marketing for those brands that have you know maintained momentum or changed how they've done things and seen you know that they've been successful during the last 18 months how they keep that momentum going and will they just switch off and forget that marketing was a real pivotal part in taking them down that road versus what does marketing have to do to keep its value and show what it can really deliver so i think you know they all essentially are going to be challenges that continue because technology is not going to stop and people have short memories and as you say Ben life is going to carry on go or move forward and the daily grind is going to kick in and I my only hope is we don't go back to pre-pandemic times where we'll just revert back to to noise. Back to noise and there was a switch in the pandemic because there had to be a switch it was an enforced switch it was a switch to which marketers as we see from the evidence here have handled very well they've handled it probably better 
than we could have hoped for. They're now going to have to blend some of the learnings from the last 18 months and the 24 months with some of the output they were doing before. So there's another switch coming and it's coming very soon. How confident are you that they'll be able to rise to that challenge? I think it's a big challenge. I think we need to be realistic in that some businesses are not going to continue on that sort of accelerated journey. But how do you maintain momentum? How do you maintain the relationships you have built up and the engagement you've built up? And I think realistically, you're going to have to plan in that some of that engagement, some of that that growth and some of that um, sort of success, however you, you measure success, will fall down slightly. I guess the challenge is, how do you stop it falling down to the original levels that it was at? And, and I think if you can maintain some of that and if you have, have worked really hard to build engagement with your customers and the people that, you know, that, that buy that buy into your brand and, and, and its purpose and what it's there for, how do you stop that drop all the way down and, and keep it at a steady level? We also think there's um, a much greater understanding of what we do. One of the things that came out of the report was, is we asked CMOs, you know, if people understood what marketing does. And, you know, this is something we've tackled with as a sector for years. And 60, 60% of them felt that people outside of marketing now understood what marketing was, the purpose of it and the value it could bring to business. And we got that information, we cut it just by agencies, that figure rose to 75%. So there's a real, real feel within the marketing community that people actually understand the value that marketing can bring now because of all the great things you know, that we've been able to do over lockdown to be able to empower people. And then when we asked marketers as well, if they would um, recommend a career in marketing more or less than they would five years ago, just 14% said they were less likely to recommend a career in marketing, which kind of shows that they're proud of what they do. People understand what they do. And actually, they'd encourage more people to get into the sector because they see it to be an enriched job, which I think is quite an interesting trend. It is an interesting trend. The sector has clearly gone up in standing. It's gone up in reputation amongst the public in this interesting period we've had. If I can call it interesting for the last two or three years, how likely do you think it is that there'll be a shift in consumer behaviour as people go back into more in-person activity? And how quickly do you think the sector will be able to uh, pivot towards that, James? Well, one of the things that came out of the report is that the CMOs think that just by virtue of us all working from home, that there's been a unrevocable change in the role of technology in marketing and marketing service delivery. You know, they basically feel that many organisations have to change their marketing structure, their staffing requirements to meet changes. You know, you know, roles like PPC and SEO have been moved in-house. People with experience have almost been forced, you know, to become specialists in various digital platforms to meet changing consumer demands. So I think basically, you know, marketers are much better lined up now to meet people's changing demands and to be honest you know lots of those probably those changing demands were already there people were moving to buy more online were moving away from the high street so i think it just accelerates definitely so much more and i think that marketers understand the role of the customer and it's just up to businesses to listen to them and to make changes as and when they see change in the sector there's an interesting trend that you identified where you said a number of functions you've noted are moving in-house. Is that something that agencies need to be aware of if they are losing functions to in-house departments? 
I think so. I think, you know, I mean, ANC has been very good over the years of adapting to change anyway and moving, you know, to support their customers, you know, using the very latest digital platforms. Yes, there has been, you know, roles moved in-house as in-house marketers want to, you know, want to be able to access reports, want to be able to access people such as SEO and PPC um, instantly. And when we looked at the budgets and we spoke to CMOs um, about budgets, um, 50% of agency leaders had seen their revenues rise over the, over the past 12 months in contrast to the 24 of in-house marketing teams, which I think is quite an interesting trend. So the agencies had more money, but less work. That sounds like an, interest, uh, an interesting deal. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that um, a lot of clients turn to agencies to help them outsource their comms, to help obviously, you know, um, spin up, you know, support them, spin up new services, etc. But obviously, you know, there, there isn't only an, a certain amount of um, marketing functions, you know, that, you know, that we're able to use. So I think obviously digital increased, so you need more digital support, but things like obviously billboards and, you know, some of the other traditional marketing um, um, channels just weren't as effective during lockdown. They all saw a rise in budgets. Agencies saw a larger rise. Um, the in-house department saw a smaller rise, but nevertheless, the entire sector saw a rise. But that was in reflection of bigger challenges. Obviously, the pandemic itself was a challenge. You mentioned regulation and responsibility to consumers. Now, if anything can suck up budgets, regulation can. So what was the challenge there? Now, one of the most interesting things that came out of the research was the responsibility these senior marketers felt around regulations and consumers. With so many successful brands, whether in, you know, COVID-19, there's a real desire from CMOs to overcome these kind of regulatory uncertainties and smooth the path to recovery. So when we all get back into the office, you know, we can really kick things on, hit those numbers. So just 26% believe the current regulatory regime for alcohol, gambling, HFSS products and environmentally damaging goods was suitable, which was quite a, a dramatic figure I wasn't expecting. And the majority would back rules equivalent to those for cigarettes to restrict the marketing potentially of harmful goods and services. And when you broke the figures down, 76% backed marketing restrictions that were damaged on products with damaged environment, 72% backed restrictions for gambling, 58% backed restrictions for products aimed at children, 54% for unhealthy FSS foods and 34% alcohol, and more than half, basically 54% of marketing leaders, thought there was currently too little regulation around social media. Gemma Butler, isn't that marketers asking for their job to be harder? I don't think it is. I think, actually, we, we need regulation. You know, how, how regulation is brought about and what it ends up being is a very different thing. But the requirement and the need to have regulation is, is a good thing. And I think marketing, um, I think there's a responsibility of, for moving from the profit motive through to being, you know, more more good for society. I think, you know, marketers are taking on that role more. And that's certainly something we're driving, you know, move away from just profit, profit, profit into society and doing good for society. And we know that these issues can't be solved by businesses or government alone. Government has to work with business, business has to work with government, and we have to work with society to educate and inform and keep them safe. And I think that's a really key role that businesses are going to have to take more seriously as we move forward if they are to remain successful and in business. 
Why does booze get such an easy ride, do you think, from our CMOs? <laughs> Probably because it, you know, it kept us all going. No, I think I, I, I don't know, honestly, why booze got such an easy ride. The bottom line is the right regulation can only be a good thing. Yeah. The general picture is that we've been pretty good as a sector at rising to all of those challenges, not just regulation, as you mentioned, James, but the technology and the perennial challenge of demonstrating the value of marketing to our colleagues and to our clients. And yet and yet there are challenges that remain, particularly around people, are they not, Gemma? And that came through in the report. Yeah, and I think this came through from some from two sides. Firstly, there is the people management side where, you know, you've got teams that have been working incredibly hard. Um, so you've got morale, burnout, workload issues, you know, mental health and well-being is is very high up on the agenda for for people, for society, for businesses, and, and a lot more businesses are talking more openly now about mental health and well-being. Um, being things that they need to um, focus on, as well as diversity and inclusion as well. I mean, that has really, really taken top spot on some of the agendas of, of the board um, within businesses. And then on the other side, there's uh, skills and recruitment. Now, it's no secret that if you've been locked down for 18 months, things and moves you would have naturally made over an 18-month period are all going to happen at once. So we've got a, a load of people in the workforce, whether they're marketing or another function, making different changes about where they want to be, what their careers are, their life, where they want to live and things like that. And we work with very closely with Hayes and Hayes are seeing a similar trend and they're saying 67% of marketing employees uh, are looking to in hire, looking to hire, but 70% of businesses are experiencing skill shortages in the sector. And equally, uh, there is a very high percentage, I think it was something around 80% of marketers are looking to change their roles in the next sort of 12 months. So I think we've seen this sort of almost mass people movement across um, the marketing sector, or we will certainly be seeing it, but there is a skill shortage. And that's also been reflected in the number of people that have engaged with CIM, whether it's through qualifications, training or membership or content engagement, where, you know, marketing has always been a fast paced profession, but it's really, really been made to stand out when it comes to, you know, losing your job or wanting to change your job. So I think you know, this is a really, really interesting landscape. And speaking to the recruiters I speak to, they've never experienced anything like it is at the moment. Uh, do you expect it to put lots of pressure on salaries and benefits as we move into the autumn and beyond? Because presumably if there is more demand than there is supply of labour, that should push up salaries. It's likely to push up uh, benefits insofar as they'll be harder to stipulate where people work and when one would think, particularly as we've had two years of, of, of very, very flexible uh, working. I think there are some huge challenges at the moment. So um, in, in the roundtables that I've attended, there there is definitely um, organisations offering 20 to 30 percent above market rate to, to get those key people. I think there is a real movement of people already in roles, moving into new roles, which is not helping those people that those candidates who are looking for jobs. Um, and I think absolutely the other challenge that that we're facing is is really this this perception then of that's the salary expectations. I think they are in the moment where we are now. And I think the environment is causing that spike in salaries. 
The other thing is the hybrid working debate that we have talked about time and time again. You know, there is there is this real divide over working from home, working from the office, hybrid working. And again, that's starting to flow through in some of the Hayes research as to what people are expecting as benefits. And I've heard um, from the Hayes research that people are expecting subsidised lunches, subsidised gyms, subsidised travel. So these are major challenges that I think, you know, we're going to debate and, and go through this whole process of talking about. And I don't know where they're going to end up, but um, it, it really is interesting. Well, we can we can debate and will uh, debate, you know, the rights and wrongs of those benefits in future podcasts. Um, but the salary spike looks inevitable. And the one thing that seems to be clear is we can expect more pressure on CMO budgets because of it. Absolutely. I, I'm kind of liking it to the housing market at the moment. We know where when house prices spike and the demand um, for houses and people start paying more and more for houses, then the, the prices continue to rise. So what I'm I'm thinking now moving forward is, you know, you've got to put those extra salary increases in to, to not only attract people, you've then got to think about the people that are already working for you. They they know that those those salaries are out there. Therefore, do you then have to add more to your budget to retain people? And I think, you know, it, it's quite um, it's quite a dangerous situation to get into because it, it's not it's not sustainable long term. And when does it stop? There is, you know, again, we go into this infinite growth. There is no infinite growth. No, James, that's a great point, isn't it? That a very, very liquid, expensive uh, employees market could actually end up undermining some of the successes we've had over the last two or three years, because we can't hold on to people and we can't get people to dig in and deliver uh, a, a great products and great output. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, CMOs are, are very nervous going you know, back to the office. They've built, they've built this team, you know, that can operate really efficiently, you know, that can meet consumer demand, that can, you know, that can launch these products really quickly. And now so many members of the team are moving away. They're getting new jobs. They're asking for new things. You know, some are hybrid working, some work from home. That's taken up huge amounts of their mental time rather than dealing with, you know, some of the big issues, which, you know, which they're also having to look, look for too. So it really is a balancing act. It's a, the danger of Gemma Butler is that the, the focus becomes internal and not external. Becomes, we become inward looking and not where we should be, which is outward looking. Absolutely. And I also think that, you know, one of the questions I keep asking is along the lines of how long is it sustainable for? Will will these salaries be maintained? I don't think they will. If you've got businesses trying to to either grow momentum or maintain momentum, will some of these positions they're currently hiring for be around in six to 12 months time? Because, um, you know, what we're seeing is such top heavy salaries being offered for some roles that the rest of the market can't keep up with but will they have the financial means to keep paying that level of salary and it is a really interesting one which I don't you know I'm, I'm going back into another set of discussions around it soon but it's it's very much up in the air at the moment and it, it's kind of becoming a bit unmanageable in some in some respects. That could be a, a topic, perhaps, James, for a future report. And there are going to be some changes to the CMO uh, survey that we're coming out. Well, can we expect some questions about, you know, maintaining this, uh, uh, managing this very liquid labour market? And if not, what can we expect from the next report? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we and we shared the 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 initial report with CMOs and had such an amazing feedback from the market. We, you know, with people offering us additional content, with people giving us more bit of their time. So we are going to produce a new version in about two to three weeks, which will be available on Sim's Content Hub, and that's simco.uk forward slash content hyphen hub um, for everyone. And that's going to have additional insight from the CMOs who took part. It's going to have extra content around their views, advice on diversity and inclusion, how to show the value of marketing, sustainability, dealing with digital skills gaps, a whole bunch of extra content which has come in following that. Um, so yeah, so that report will be available in about two to three weeks and everyone can just download it from the Sim Content Hub. That sounds like something that everyone on our audience should be getting hold of. It's a really rich mine of information, this survey, and we'll at least give you some ideas about how to tackle these challenges that are, are coming uh, ahead of us. Uh, James Delve, Gemma Butler, thank you very much indeed for that. And we'll see you both again on the CIM podcast very soon, I hope. Thanks, for guys. Thank you. Thanks. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can also join the conversation on Twitter at CIM underscore exchange, where we'll keep you updated about the latest episodes. See you next time. CIM Marketing Podcast.